So yeah, I look pretty good for having been in the Air Force. Yeah. Did she ever work up the nerve to ask you out? No, no, no. She started bringing up. Yeah. She got angled. Um, started bringing up her kids and her husband. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> Missed <laughs> opportunities here. Missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. Oh, Jesus. My day was not that exciting. No? <laughs> no. Welcome to the Nightmare Box. Presenting Mistakes Were Made. Featuring Brett Bloom. And I'm sitting across from... Looks pretty good for having been in the Air Force. <laughs> I look pretty good for having been in the Air Force. Uh, given by recent sources. And I am sitting across from somebody who looks pretty good for somebody who's never been in the Air Force. She's beautiful. The effervescent. The civilian. Kristen Pennington. <laughs> Coming at you on this... Sunny, sunny Sunday in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> it is muggy, muggy Sunday. God damn, it is though. So like you're fucking swimming around, and then every ten minutes there's a thunderstorm, and it's just I don't, <laughs> a I, glorious day. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> don't enjoy it. Had a busy day today. Pretty busy day. Uh, got up an hour or two early for a Sunday. Which is just normal wake up. Knocked time. out the shopping <coughs> and missed the crowd for once. Fuck yeah. But then had the, the world's and... slowest cashier that has ever lived. Yeah, yeah. Tristan was. If you're listening to this, you need to you need to find a different job, my dude. <laughs> Kept trying to have conversations like the way like a 90 year old woman who works at Walmart has mm. conversations. And like saying, they don't actually have anything to say, yeah. but they try to talk to you anyway. It's like <laughs> I don't, can I just go now? But he was like 17 years old, so it's like, what are we gonna talk about, my dude? <laughs> he goes, Goes, is it raining out there? And Kristen goes, that's eh, drizzling, you know. And he goes, really? And it was like, why would you question our honesty on this? Why would we lie to you about the weather, bro? Like, <laughs> what's going on in your life? Are you this paranoid at your job at nine o'clock in the morning? <laughs> um, and then we we came home uh-huh. and had kick-ass burritos. Yeah, we did at an actual breakfast time as opposed to, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon breakfast burrito. And we're going to have dinner at a decent time tonight, too, because we are doing this at four o'clock in the afternoon. Son. Remember when we started out doing this and it it was just like three o'clock was our start time and we would just be obliterated come five (laughs) o'clock? It's time to start. Too drunk to function while cooking dinner. (laughs) That might still happen anyway. It'll just be at a more decent hour. <laughs> we'd, we'd get trashed, we'd eat, and then we'd just stumble outside and be like, how is the sun still up? <laughs> that was the on? one podcast where I closed all the blinds <laughs> and it was still super, super bright out. <laughs> Over you. <laughs> but no, we're doing good. We're doing good. We're almost 800. We're fucking, yeah, mm-hmm. we're picking up some speed. We're like nine downloads away. Yeah. The uh, by the time this comes out, we'll... we'll, we'll blown past eight i'm i'm happy as shit about that i don't know if we picked up any new uh countries or uh states, not from right? what i mentioned last time yeah. i don't think like we've recently picked up some new ones but it's not been since our last episode but the only way we're able to do that is if you guys like reach out to us and reach out to your friends if you like what you're doing share it with people if they don't like it they'll probably never talk this to you is again. weirdly pick the episode though don't let it be one where i fucking <laughs> go off the rails <laughs> This is weirdly specific, but if you have some Canadian friends, I'm going to need you to share it with your Canadian friends because the way the metrics on our website are divided up, it, like, groups the entire world into one section. So all of the countries 
or just together. <laughs> and then the U.S., which we're in the U.S., obviously. Yeah. Uh, Canada, which we have not yet reached, and that's hurting my ego a well, little bit. That's not one of the states. No, it's no. They have like four sections. No, I'm telling you. No, this is how it's divided up on Podbean. This is, Podbean is our. I thought you were saying. Host. And in the United States, we need Canada. No, and I was like, no. That's no, on Podbean, this is how they have it divided up. Trump's There's American. like. Shut up. Yeah, Tennessee shut up. Too. I'm trying to explain. So they, they have like four categories on how they divide your metrics so you can see where all you're at. And yeah. there's like a section that's just the entire world. So mm-hmm. you see all of the countries, yeah. including the U.S. If you get like one, it highlights that whole country on the big Yeah, map. and it'll show yeah. you on like the big world map, like which countries you've got. And if you hover over it, it'll tell you what the country mm-hmm. is. But um, And then the next section is like just the U.S. specifically. So yeah. you can see all the states you're in in the U.S. And then Canada is a section by itself for some reason, and then Australia is a section by itself for some reason, and the only section we haven't got any pinpoints in is Canada. So we and it's hurting get, my ego. We so need, I need to get Canada. I need you to share this podcast with your Canadian friends. It's like we're doing the cute thing, like the couples do, with like they get the big map and you know the little pins, pins. and they're like, we've been to France, and then we went to Spain, but we're doing it with been our to voice. The Netherlands. Yeah, I'm just doing it with uh, our voice and anger at, at bad horror films. It's yep. not as cute. Well, I'm slowly checking off little sections. <laughs> Shut up. I'm going to throw this bottle cap at you. <laughs> and then after our burritos, I went to the gym. And, uh, I was going to plug us. N- no, no. No, when I don't have any plugs? No, fun. never. You may never hear about the never. Nightmare Boxed Out blog. <laughs> you may never send us an email at nightmareboxproductions.com. Gmail dot How'd that go again? Nightmare. I I, I can't do it, guys. Do you I, really not know any of them? Nightmareboxproductions at gmail.com. Yes. Yes. You do know Nightmare it. So you just fuck with me when you do that. Most of the time. I, could, I couldn't do them in a speed round. I'm pretty sure I only know like three of them, but I could do a few. Twitter. Nightmarebox Pro? Yes. Instagram. Nightmarebox Pro? <laughs> <laughs> There was like a question at the end of that one. You were like confident on Twitter and that one. You were like, Nightmare Box Pro. It's like, why are they not the same thing? Because Twitter won't let you do um, more than 15 characters for your username. So Nightmare Box Productions is too long. Oh, so it is Nightmare Box Productions on Instagram? It is. See, you let me do it. I tricked you. (laughs) (laughs) What's my YouTube? Cash Pennington. No, it's not. What's Cash Pennington? That's my Twitter. Damn. (laughs) Kristen P. (laughs) At (laughs) Firefly.net? No. What is it? It's uh, YouTube.com slash Kristen Pennington. Oh, God damn it. That's easy. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I do these. I was like, K-Rash. (laughs) K-Rash. That'd be a cool rapper name for you. K-Rash? My name is K-Rash P. That, that sounds like I need to I'm get something checked out. <laughs> Come from, from the BNA. I don't know. If you're a rapper. BNB. Yeah. BNB. No. You're with my homie BNB. No, don't don't get me started. <laughs> don't, don't, don't not. Oh, no, we're not going we in. We actually have show notes today. We're not going into that character. <laughs> no. Bed and breakfast. Brett's alter ego. Bread and breakfast. Yeah, it's yeah. bread. <laughs> Which I don't know why. Bread, money. Oh. Money and breakfast. That's what I'm about. B and B. 
Brett okay, Nelson yeah. Bloom. See, it all plays off itself. <laughs> BNB is a drunken rapper who comes out and raps about his immediate surroundings. It keeps me up till 2 in the morning <laughs> when I'm trying to go to bed. Brett, shut up. I'm trying to go to sleep. <laughs> Ain't no sleep in these sheets when I'm running these streets and I'm beating my meat. I'll wake up B&B in half a heartbeat. I just need another one of these. Nope. Shutting that that club down. Oh, God. But um, I would never get into the rap game. Because I know that I I would never put in enough work to be in the rap game. And that leads us to our first topic of the day. Don't get into this bitch for the money. (laughs) And also, check your ego. Yeah, check your ego at the door. Yeah. like um... It would be insane if I did that little line right there and said I'm coming for you Eminem and I meant it as anything other than a joke would you die though if he like wrote a rap and dissed you in it yeah he was like I was in the streets with the sheets with the ba ba da like he he would be like I've hit peak success I can die happy now (laughs) Eminem rapped about me that I need Stephen King to punch me in the face (laughs) (laughs) why punch you in the face have him run over you with a car so you can feel how he felt He's like, good luck with the nerve damage, dickhead. That's what you get for making fun of me. <laughs> I win if Stephen King runs me over with his car. Yeah. God damn, that has to be fucking insanity, though. Because, like, that dude couldn't sit down, like, for years. Like, I don't, he still can't for long periods of time. Yeah. Like, how do you, like, oh, God. Which that whole story is on writing. Yeah. You should read it. You should read it. Fascinating tale of Stephen how King he almost quit writing. Yeah, almost got killed. but um leading into the first topic is you know you you can't walk in expecting to be the legend yeah um brett Kristen had some interesting experiences on social media this week both did um (laughs) brett and i are both because hey what do you know we actually kind of take this semi-seriously and a lot of (laughs) we're both in a lot of uh groups and uh, like follow people that like inspire us, read books and all that stuff. So, um, and I think it's consistently been the same film group that I'm in on Facebook. Cause there's so many yeah. people in it. Uh, man, shitheads pop up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, every day, if it's whatever you're doing begins like a group for people starting out, you're gonna come up with some egotistical fucking psychopaths. <laughs> Yeah, so there is this kid, and I don't want to rail on him too hard, because, you know... Don't mention the group or the... Yeah, I don't plan to. Person, yeah. I don't want to rail on him too hard, because I think part of it was just he's a bit naive on... Yeah. Like, how it actually works. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was trying to be a douche, but man, he, he came across like a douche. Um... That was, like, basically asking people to give him thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars <laughs> to make a short film. Yeah. And he posted... It was thousands, but it wasn't, like, astronomical thousands. It was, like, small thousands. Yeah. yeah. I mean, less than what my car costs thousands, <laughs> but still thousands. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he posted um, a sample of, like, his work on the page and I I am no expert at my craft so (laughs) I I say this as humbly as possible he has a lot to learn yeah and um you know so do I so do we all Stephen King probably still feels like 
you know, he has more to learn and more to do and stuff. Like, I, I hope to always, even when I'm an expert at my craft, yeah. be learning. you think you've got all the answers, then you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> like, you, you should always be aspiring to grow and mm -hmm. you're filled. So, uh, I, I, I say that with as much love as possible. This kid has a lot to learn. Oh, yeah. And um, was asking for thousands of dollars to make a sequel to the original film, which really wasn't... Like, yeah. it could have been made with maybe a hundred bucks at most. It's and like a five-minute single cam. That, yeah. yeah, and he was saying that he needed all this super expensive gear to make this film, and I was just, like, you know, trying to be polite and trying to offer advice. I responded back, cause, like, he was getting eaten up in the comments. Like, people were tearing this kid apart. And I was trying to be polite, and I was like, hey, so, like, I've made a short film, and we didn't spend even a thousand dollars on our short film, which I've made a couple, but, like, the mm -hmm. one in particular that was, like, our big challenge like I was like we didn't even spend a thousand dollars on it like you can you know get a lot of cheap shit at the thrift store mm -hmm. I was like you know you can learn a lot whenever you don't have as much resources because you know like I it's the basis for the nightmare box yeah like I've had to innovate like a lot of stuff I've done projects in uh, school where you know, you expect the gear you rent from the school to all be fine and in working order so you don't think mm -hmm. to check it. And then you go to set the day of and you try to plug in the lights and the lights don't work. And I'm like, yeah. oh, goddamn. The, the film equipment at the school, it's like so when shady. I was in the service and you had to go over to supply. And they're like, they're going to give you a helmet from fucking World War Two that's already got a hole in it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's very hit and miss. Like, I've, I've gotten stands from them that just didn't work so then the light is useless yeah. lights that literally didn't work like tons of stuff from them that didn't work and i never learned my lesson things arriving without batteries yeah or the batteries yeah. were all dead so like, yeah. yeah oh i did i did always charge my batteries yeah. the night before i um and was on top of that but i'd never learned my lesson to check if my gear worked so i'd show up to set and be like ah my lights don't work what do i do now <laughs> and like whenever you're under pressure like that and you're forced to kind of Re adapt. Yeah, like adapt to your situation. Like you, you become better at your craft because mm -hmm. even if I brought my own home gear, you know, it doesn't matter if I spent ten dollars on my lights, a hundred dollars, yeah. or a thousand dollars. One day my lights are going to give out on me. Yeah, they're because, probably going to give out on you in the middle of you using them. Yeah, because that's when shit dies. Yeah, it's like they ha they have a life expectancy. So like if you've never experienced like this. I have to learn how to think on my feet mm -hmm. and you just expect like money to pour in at you and you throw money at the solution, you're never going to improve. Yeah. So like I tried to like gently like guide this kid into like, mm -hmm. Hey, like this is a learning opportunity for you. Yeah. Like you don't have $5,000 either come up with $5,000. Tell us what the idea is that warrants $5,000 um, or learn how to do it for a shitload less. Yeah. Buy a whole bunch of flashlights at the Goodwill tape them to the ceiling and <laughs> yeah and, and come this, up with something this kid came back at me with uh well did any of your work ever make it into sundance yeah i was like okay did any of yours good sir yeah i that was my initial thought like i wanted <laughs> to snap back that but i yeah. didn't i yeah. was like okay well i'm gonna keep my decorum here and i was like i'm not trying to uh like have a battle of who's yeah. better i was like i've I'm... had a few of those battles in the writers <laughs> groups and it's like dude i'm trying to help mm -hmm. like we can workshop your idea but everybody's making fun of your idea and i'm going yes and to your idea yeah right <laughs> and like to and i was one of the few people he replied back to and like 
I wanted to take that personally, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to yeah. trudge on with my polite Well, you advice. said that he'd gone to a private school. I believe so, yeah. I, yeah. I looked it up. And, and I there's didn't. nothing like rich kids having their parents pay for them to hang out with other children of rich kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, like nothing creates art like privilege. So <laughs> <No. laughs> like I was talking with you outside before we started. I was like, no, I think you find the real ones in like a community college. Like, you find yeah, them. and like there were a lot of kids that I graduated yeah. with that like the work they were producing. I was like, that's something like yeah. you could watch on TV. No, a hundred percent. There was a kid in one of my classes, which I'm not gonna drop names there either. It was like hands down the the best kid in my class like he he had a a nicer camera to be fair but it's Mm -hmm. not a camera like filmmakers on big budget films are shooting with it's it was nice and nicer than a college it was nicer in our you know age range and um he was too young to advance up to the final um like tier of the program with all of us like he he had he had started taking his film classes while he was still like a sophomore and you can't take yeah this class that we were all going up to until i think you were either a junior or senior so he was he was gonna Mm -hmm. have to wait a whole nother year to take it so he didn't get to take it with us but i was like he was like younger than all of us and like kicking everybody's asses (laughs) like he was like so good like his projects were like holy shit that looks like a commercial on tv So, like, I, yeah. some of the best filmmakers I've met were at MTSU, and it's not a fancy school. No, it's not a fancy school. I think a lot of it has to come out of that struggle. But, I mean, the the ego that comes with that, you know, that, that old fucking phrase that I can't stand, you put the cart before the horse, hold up. <laughs> you run into that a lot in writers' groups, where it's like, I have an idea that's going to make me a New York Times best-selling author. It's similar to your story. I had... A guy um, pop up on the the news feed, and he was pissed off because he'd written a manuscript, sent the rough to an editor, and the editor didn't do a rewrite, just fixed the grammar, didn't offer any like advice, and he's like, he's like, I don't know what the fuck this guy's doing. I was supposed to have a contract. Six months from now, I was supposed to be famous. It was flipping out. I mean, Every ed- other word in his post was misspelled. I mean, an editor doesn't do rewrites, though, right? That's not their job. No. So, yeah. Um, as an editor, I, I get paid for this, guys, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah, I'm good at it. My mom... Uh, used to play a game where every Sunday we would sit around and find misspelled words in the newspaper. It's stuck. <laughs> I'm fantastic at it. I send Kristen posts all the time from local news stations going, look at this idiot yeah, can't the spell Ben. The homeless <laughs> people one was really funny. Yeah, the, the homeless people in half. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Instead of cutting down the homelessness rate, we're yeah. cutting the homeless people in half. <laughs> Side note, my favorite headline of the week is uh, 71-year-old man deemed, or 77-year-old man deemed too old to kill again, comma, kills again. And I thought that was the greatest goddamn headline. <laughs> that one was <laughs> good. But yeah, this dude was freaking out because the editor didn't do his rewrite. And everybody in the group was like, bro, you're supposed to take your editor's notes and keep going. Like, this is... Some books take five years to write because you have your initial rough draft where the story ends, but the writing might be dog shit or like the secondary characters are all cardboard and you want somebody sitting there who goes, this doesn't make sense. Why would you do this? What? You know, 
You need somebody to offer like three or four alternatives. I cut a whole chapter out of somebody's book today. No, I know. Can't do that. (laughs) I know that you've been doing that for your contract, but I feel like your contract is a little uh, like untraditional, I guess. You're doing a lot more work than I feel like would normally be required. People pay normally about five grand to do to a piece what I'm doing to a piece, but I'm also still learning as a freelance editor, Mm -hmm. so I don't charge anywhere near 5000 yeah but um is that traditional though that an editor would offer advice on yeah. the story normally you've got you if you did it right right like mm-hmm. you've written a book you've rewritten it you've drafted it a couple of times you've found all the things that you wanted to do with it you hand me what you feel is a polished copy like potentially ready to print polished yeah like almost ready to go it's my job to read the entire thing make sure the arc makes sense make sure all the grammar's correct Mm -hmm. down to the sentence level um the one that i'm working on right now obviously sent me the rough draft and i think the author's a bit younger Mm-hmm. So I'm not adjusting the price, and I'm using it as a personal learning experience to edit every draft. It's like, yeah. okay, this is what you've got here, but it's obvious that you don't know what you're doing. So I'm going to pose you some questions, rewrite, come back to me in three months, let me see what you've done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll take another 150. <laughs> yeah, so go through it again. So that, that is normal, though, that an editor would, like, yeah, the editor make suggestions for the story. Yeah, not not necessarily suggestions for the story. Um, they may just write a question mark, like, "Hey, this doesn't make sense. Okay. This is inconsistent so with sort the of, character." Sort of like the way workshopping in like classes worked, sort of like kind, not maybe not that in depth, but sort of they would be like, "Hey, why did you do that?" or yeah, whatever. Like I'm not solving the problems for. Uh, the client. Mm-hmm. I'm just going in and being like, well, this is inconsistent with the decision that was made by the same character earlier in the story, or it goes against a motive that you've brought up, or you said this person has a degree in this. Why do they have so much knowledge about crime scene cleanup? Like, what those two things have never, you know, I have to catch those small details as I'm catching the, uh, the grammar errors. And people pay a shitload of money, I found out, in these writers' groups to do what I do. But uh, I'm still learning it. I'm not putting the cart before the horse. I'm not saying I'm worth five grand per project, because sometimes I do, and I'm a little inebriated. I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm damn good at it. (laughs) That's interesting to know, though, because I didn't know that. I thought uh, (coughs) editors were strictly, like, grammar and structure and stuff like that. Well, it's part beta reader Mm. and part editor Mm -hmm. for the project that I'm working on now like in the future as I get better clients as I get better at the job the authors are going to be better yeah 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 and I don't ever want to come up as a career editor I'd forever want to be a career writer but I'd much rather edit than sit in the pawn shop all day (laughs) but um yeah dude was freaking out and everybody was ripping him apart and then there was the um the podcasters page that we follow, mm-hmm. both of us follow, there was a guy on there who was asking uh, if he could hire somebody to plan out their episodes and write their show notes. The guy just wanted to do the talking. It would be the same thing like the other two people that we've talked about on three separate media. Like if I just handed you my folder and I was like, Kristen, there you go. Talk about these topics today. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I, I feel like... Here's how I want to map this out for you to take, you know. I, I mean, I'm realizing, especially through all these groups we're in, that that's kind of prevalent in a lot of, like, artistic mediums in general. But I feel like that's so bad, specifically with actors. And I, I don't want to continuously dog actors because we've given actors I'll interview shit. any of you motherfuckers <laughs> that want to come on here. We'll get hammered. You can tell me all about a whole side of it. I've never seen every actor I've ever met is a little uh, <laughs> little off. And, oh, I mean, uh, I've, I've met some really awesome ones and some that are incredibly talented. The and most like, talented one I've met was six years old. <laughs> she was She's the only old. one I've met with a career. <laughs> but, but, like, especially because I, I minored in theater, so I spent a lot of time in the theater building. Like, there are people that, like, graduate with a major in theater, and, like, those kids are incredible. Yeah. Like, they participate in like every play can like sing and dance and all this like crazy shit and are super dedicated like do their own makeup like all this crazy shit so like they're like definitely genuine like people that just love the craft yeah. and are really into it but i feel like anytime you post a fucking casting call you get all these like just locals who are like well i want to be famous and then they yeah. email you and it's like do you know anything at all yeah. like anything at all about acting about well, Anything like, that I the, need from you. <laughs> the early ones on that are insane because when you try to work with them, they don't even take the project seriously. Yeah. They don't read the script beforehand. They just want to be famous. They <laughs> show up and it's obvious that they're doing an impression of another famous actor. And it's like, are you an impression comic or are you here to like have your own voice in the acting? Don't act like fucking Robert De Niro. You're not Robert De Niro. <laughs> or, I, or I like, and I caught this later... Like, when I was editing the dolls, I didn't catch it the day of because we didn't have a script supervisor, like, every single day. So there wasn't always someone handy to point that out for me. But, um, like, I'll, like, emphasize, like, hey, this is really important. If yeah. we're shooting multiple days of something that's, you know, supposed to be the same scene or the same day in the film or whatever, like, you have to wear the same thing. Like, down to your nail polish. Yeah. You have to wear the same thing. You have your to hair, look the same. Yeah, your hair has to be the same way. Like, you cannot, like, take photos, mm -hmm. like, set these clothes aside. Like, you cannot change anything at all because it's going to edit to look like this all happened fluidly. And then, like, I caught something in the dolls, which I don't want to, like, say specifically what it was because I don't want anybody to, like, I'm not trying to call anybody out, but there was, like, something where their clothing was different, and I was just like, like, <laughs> so like the simplest request yeah. all i asked was to put the same clothes back on we should have made them all go to the bathroom uh, change out and then we just held on to all the clothes like down to the underwear it's like here is your <laughs> yesterday's underwear i'll take it i'll wash it when i get home <laughs> that's gross I no i will not do that <laughs> but yeah like there are some people that it's just like have no concept they're just like oh i want to be famous and it's like the the actors, for the most part, that are, like, yeah. the A-list actors are, like, genuinely passionate, dedicated, talented people. Well, like meanwhile, right, like, we take it very seriously. Uh, we just did a couple of episodes on imposter syndrome, which I promise you is not a fake thing that we're going through. No, I read, <laughs> it's a, like, I read a definition for it. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying we're not making up feeling imposter no, syndrome. No, like that's a genuine like thing that we talk about on the nightly, where it's like I don't think I'm good enough to do this. <laughs> My I career's over before it started. I can't imagine started. the ego of going to thousands of people on a page and going, "I'm the next King Dangling." The bees knees, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like I've got this shit on wrap. Give me money. 
without having like a script or a decent film. Like if I if I saw a really cool concept and a GoFundMe page for say five thousand dollars, I would a hundred percent. Like, if the concept trailer was awesome, I'd go, I'm going to help you make this thing. But don't walk up to me empty-handed like, hey, man, I promise you, it's going to get me into the goddamn Sundance. I just need $5,000. Because that sounds like you're just going to take $5,000 and go back to Burger King or wherever the fuck you are. Well, even if you have, like, if you had written, like, the most amazing book I had ever read in my entire life, and I was like, no, like, seriously, like... This is a best-selling novel. Yeah. Like, this is going to make your career. Like, even if you have, like, the best thing ever out there, like, I, I think if you don't have some form of humility, like, you're kind of destined yeah, to crash and burn. Yeah, yeah, you're for sure a gross <laughs> person, but you're kind of destined to crash and burn because, like, people don't want to work with or be around, like, arrogant yeah, psychopaths. people. Yeah. Like, yeah, um which I'm sure everybody knows this uh, for the most part that watches Game of Thrones, but I saw an article. All I know is winter's coming. <laughs> Winter has come. And I think Game the of Thrones is over. Sister, but <laughs> the little person. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it might not have been the person no, who was, fucked their sister. No, the, uh, the two twins <laughs> fucked each other. But anyway, uh, not related to what I'm trying to say. I, I saw an article online where the chick who played... Uh, Brienne, mm-hmm. um, I think her name's like Gwendolyn Christie or something, if I'm not mistaken, um, didn't get nominated for any awards or anything like that. And she's, you know, a, a large character in the cast. Yeah. So she, she sent in, what, is it an Oscar? For, what is TV shows? Is it Emmys? Or whatever, whatever award TV shows get. <laughs> I think it might be Emmys, actually. Uh, she sent yeah, in her own. Oscars for the movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she sent in her own name, just kind of like, well, you know, uh, the network didn't send me in, maybe. And, mm-hmm. like, sent in her own name and got the nomination. So she's now up with, you know, her co-stars and whoever else got yeah. nominated in the category and, like, still posted this really humble, like, oh, my God, I can't believe they accepted me post. And that's someone on, like, a massive mm-hmm. TV show that, you know, has been crushing the game for years now and, like, still, like... You know, I think I'm good enough that maybe I might deserve an award, and then actually gets nominated, and she's like, "Holy fuck!" No, I'm 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 writing a like, story for the Writers Digest competition, mm-hmm. and which you definitely should. I'm uh, excited. Oh, I'm about I'm that. going to do it. I'm brewing an idea. Um, I'm trying to go to a dark, dark place. So <laughs> if you listened to last week's episode and you were upset, I'm gonna like break the fourth wall. Uh, why is Brett getting so dark? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to come up with a concept for a horror story. Um, but if I hit the deadline, I'm going to lose my shit. If the Writer's Digest sends me back an email and says I made it in the first ten people, you know, like if it was like, hey, you know, we read it, I'll be happy as fuck. I don't care <laughs> if it gets in the Writer's Digest. <laughs> don't give a shit. <laughs> You get an email back from Writer's Digest saying, you know, it was good, but, you know, this other one, you know, that, 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 that. Because it's broken down into sections. So I'm just up against the horror guys. I know I can beat out quite a few of them. I have no illusion that I'm going to win the competition. If I just get an email, like, I don't take a fucking rejection from the Writer's Digest just for the fact that I've, 
I'm, I'm trying to build a shadow box of all the cool things. I've got my invoice for like $15. <laughs> I got my royalty check. It was like 30 cents one time. And I was like, fuck yeah, I got my 30 cents. Like I want to keep all these like tiny little, I get really excited just about those types of things. If I fucking, no, if, I don't know if, if I, I had to walk up on the Oscars, like best written script or whatever, I'd shit my pants. I would not be able to get out of the chair. I'd have to be in a wheelchair. Because when I have the panic attack and I pass out like a... <laughs> You're like just going to wake yeah, up like at the podium? Like a scared possum. I just... <laughs> <laughs> clink over. <laughs> What's his acceptance speech? Quick, it's in his pocket. And you're going to like reach in my breast pocket and pull up. Throw right? some water in your face yeah. and be like, Brett, go. And it's like, good luck, loser. There was no chance you were ever going to make it this far. <laughs> that's the start telling dark jokes. It's, it's just a little card in my pocket. <laughs> it's just me beating myself up. You got to stand over me. I'm just passed out in the wheelchair. Wait, no, it'll be your little joke about me being dead. I'll do the mannequin thing with you. Like, just move your mouth, but like talk for you. I never thought I'd be here today. And that's all it no, says. No, I'm gonna give you like the whole "I want to thank God" speech. And... No, don't thank God. <laughs> believe in the freedom of religion but it's it'd be like the super super dark morbid story and then it'll just be this i just want to thank my lord and savior (laughs) it'll just be like notes where i got scared i went to the bathroom and started writing down a story just to comfort myself and it's like god damn i think i still have if i'm not mistaken because i have a little like shoebox-esque memory box thing in the closet um I think I still have the call sheets from every movie I've ever worked on. No, one of my favorite things you gave me is that notebook of like the call times and the concept the photos script and notes. script notes and all that shit from the dolls. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we had a script supervisor some of the days. We didn't have one all of the days, and they make notes for all of the shots. So I gave Brett that, and he was like flipping through it, and he's like chuckling. He's like, huh, "Dogs barking ruin the shot." <laughs> <laughs> I still have all of my call sheets from every movie I've ever done. <laughs> so it's nice to remember where you started from. Yeah, no, I, you gotta be humble about it. Like, we gotta make that clear about the show is that we're not, you know, we'd like to teach you guys a thing or two, but we're still learning ourselves. We never want to come off like we're arrogant and we're fucking, you know, know it alls and we're, you know, Oh, I don't, all I don't know Jack. Shitting all over these that. B movies because we're the greatest thing that ever fucking you guys ever no, no, no they're, they're still still better than the work I'm putting out. Yeah, no. I don't want our brand to like kind of come off, you know, as that arrogant, pretentious horseshit. I hope you guys understand that we're making fun of films in the way that we make fun of each other and ourselves. You know, like it, I don't. I, I'm blown away that we've accomplish what we've accomplished thus far and uh we've been beaten by cat videos so <laughs> kind of keep your ego in check so we're coming up on 800 downloads and you click over and you're like cat plays with mouse and then it's like fucking 10 million yeah, 10 million people all over the world so fucking gauge yourself you know be proud of what you've done because you've done it like don't do it for somebody else like i didn't start writing for anybody's like approval it was a thing I did in silence for a decade you know to entertain myself (laughs) 
want to make films with you because you enjoy making films and I enjoy writing screenplays. Mm -hmm. And if I can make five of my friends sit down and watch it, then I feel that I'm, you know, I'm happy. But 5,000 people works too. I'm not going to discourage, you know, discourage, <laughs> discourage that. Like, I'm going to let the 5,000. 5,600. Yeah. I'm going to let that fucking roll. Six. But uh, to the kid who asked me if anything I had ever done had been in Sundance, no, I submitted my only short film that I have ever submitted to any festivals to one single festival, <laughs> and it got rejected. And I didn't send it to any others because, A, they cost money, and uh, B, I felt self-conscious that I hadn't done a good enough job to uh -huh. get accepted to any festivals, and I hope that my next film will be better because I have the humility to notice what I did wrong. My game plan is to get the rejection letter with the notes on it, you know, where it's like, hey, we didn't accept you, here's why. Mm -hmm. as opposed to we didn't accept you because yeah. we didn't accept you doesn't help me in the slightest oh. but if they're like well your arc was fucked up well then I can go back revisit and fix the arc you know well the we didn't accept you because letter implies too that they cared they enough to yeah they watched it, cared yeah. enough to spend the time to tell you like hey it was good minus this yeah so. which you can't take too personally it's those cold ones where it's like no <laughs> You're like, why no? Can you, like, do you have any sources? Don't like, you love me? Do you have, like, a code, 1 through 13, and, like, they're all, like, labeled, and <laughs> I can go look at, you know, 1 denotes, you're bad at this. 2 denotes, we've already picked the winner, and you submitted too late. Like, <laughs> no gets me nowhere. But uh, Stephen King has a quote while we're, he, he's a trope today, in today's episode, I guess. Um... He has a quote on writing where he's talking about um, he used to have a nail and he would nail his rejection letters and at a certain point he had to use a railroad spike because <laughs> the nail couldn't hold the weight. <laughs> I like that quote a lot actually. I had a friend on Facebook that was like down about uh, submitting to jobs and getting mm -hmm. a bunch of rejections and it wasn't like a massive number but she was feeling down about it anyway. I feel kind of down every time I get a rejection letter, so I know how that feels, but I sent her that quote. I get excited because I got pissed off at a third grade teacher, and it's warped my whole perception of people not liking what I do. <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't make me feel empowered in any way. Like, I don't get it. I'll prove you wrong sense, but I don't feel... No, I dance to Joyner Lucas in the kitchen. <laughs> Fuck you too, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't, I don't get amped about them, but I have, especially after, um, which I knew that was coming whenever we submitted the dolls to that group of guys that kind of did like yeah. the podcast about it. I knew we were going to get yeah, railed on it was that. A, it was a, it's a critique show. Mm -hmm. What was the name of the show? Do you remember? I don't, to be honest. I'd have to look it up. But, um, yeah. like it. Because it, I want people to be able to go and listen to that, you know, as well. So I'll, I'll write that down. We'll let you guys know next week. I mean, I could probably look it up real quick no, if I really need to. No. But, um, yeah, I knew I was sending it in specifically to be critiqued. And that's the first time outside of, like, workshops in school where I was like, I'm, I'm looking to be picked apart. Yeah. And uh, that gave me, I think, a, a bit of humility in the rejection process because all of the rejection letters I've gotten since then have been like okay well 
there's still more work to do, you know? Yeah, no, we didn't get anywhere near as fucked up on that show as other people who got reviewed No, I think ours was the most liked one in that specific round. Yeah, they were like, this looks like there were people that wouldn't let you do certain things because it was a student film. We'd like to see what you guys would do with it, with the original script, because it feels like there's like an implied... You know, da da da, but it never goes full tilt. And yeah. You were in correspondence with them for a little while, mm. and they offered up advice. And, you know, yeah, definitely we said little... we should revise it and resend it. Yeah, we did a little back and forth. I, I, I think maybe one day, not anytime soon, but maybe one day, like five, ten years down the road, I'd like to revisit it just to see how different I am as a filmmaker yeah. to see what I would do. I'd like to do it in five. Yeah. You know, ten, maybe. Five and ten. We just fucking redo the dolls every, every five, five years. years. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think whenever a different rendition, because I'll have a different concept. You know, I have to stick with the original story from the Madman Diaries, which you can buy on Amazon.com or Barnes and Noble. And have to revisit. Oh, I, that's part of my secret secret plan. Anyways, like in ten years, go back and rewrite all the stories that are in the Madman Diaries and release like a second edition where it's like, here's how I've changed. Yeah, it'd be, and it would be really cool to see them side by side, like mm. the book and the film both to be like, oh, like that was the first passion project I guess we both like completed yeah. and like put out there for other people to like see and critique and all that, so it would be kind of cool to see like what we can do yeah. with it with all the fucking chains cut and a much better understanding of what it is that we're doing. Mm-hmm. This is like a Dear Diary show. This <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Not this particular episode, but it really is. Like We're both just like figuring it all out and talking to each other. And, you and know, then... Ten years from now, you know, I might be a pretentious dickhead on, <laughs> on Facebook not. asking for fucking money. But <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> I'm like, you don't deserve to have the knowledge that okay, is in my head. In 30 episodes, we cut down our bangs on the table, so catch us in God 30 more. Right. Cash me in 30 yeah, more. Cash me in 30 more. <laughs> fucking come at me. <laughs> started this shit off there were so many of these that got recorded you guys never heard because brett just showed up fucking ripped to be loaded to sit down no there is that one episode that we like spontaneously plugged in the mic like late at night and we were 11 o'clock at night hammered like we need to go back and re-listen to that one one day because i would i feel like it got deep like, it was a deep it got, philosophical... It, it got to some weird places. <laughs> we gotta revisit that one one day. Maybe one day we'll release that one. <laughs> like, every now and then you just hear the lighter clicking in the background. And it's like, okay, Larry. We were, we were both wasted and spontaneously decided a podcast was a good idea. And maybe, maybe not. No, it's spontaneously deciding to do the podcast and then actually doing it. And here we are, episode 33? Thirty-two. Uh, Thirty-four. Three. Yeah, thirty-three. Somewhere I think you're in right. There. Yeah. I'm not saying it's all good ideas, but this one's done us pretty damn well. You have gotten way more self-conscious about checking that lately. I'm gonna turn that away from you. No, I just check the time because I don't want to like way overshoot. Like I'm having a fucking blast, but if I can look back here and be like, "Cool, we're around like." 43 minutes. There goes the AC. Yep. Oh. 
That is, that trip's, it's not nearly as noticeable in the edit, so you guys are probably annoyed every time I bring it up, but like in my headphones, it literally sounds like somebody's yeah. sucking all the air out because I have... I was um, listening back to the episode from this Tuesday, and you can't hear Jack's chewing in the background, so it just sounds like I'm screaming into the void because <laughs> it didn't get picked up in the edit at all. That's funny. So you, like, you could hear him when he was doing the food or the water bowl over mm-hmm. here, but the food bowl over in the corner, it's just me going, Josh, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, every time the, the AC kicks off, it doesn't sound... I could probably not yeah. acknowledge it at all, and you guys wouldn't notice it. But oh, like, too late now. I'm wearing like <laughs> noise, um, not canceling, but like isolating headphones, so I'm pretty much only hearing what's coming through the mic. So it sounds like all the air is being yeah. sucked out of my ears every time it happens. God damn! <laughs> Let me try to see hmm. what other uh, ideas we got here. Um, kind of keeping with the, the thing. Like, it's important to uh, know the fundamentals and study them often. Mm-hmm. Like, you were talking about um, the color theory today. And I often read articles about um, basic sentence structure or basic character arc. Like, you don't... Like, you want to get out there with it. Like, you want to break certain rules. You don't want to stick to the fundamentals all the time, right? When I was a kid, I used to take uh, Muay Thai, a kickboxing class, and, like, a basement gym. It was awesome. It broke my foot. Probably developed severe concussion damage that's never going to go away. And I gave up pretty quick because I didn't like getting my ass kicked by 25-year-olds <laughs> when I was 15. But... <laughs> um. That was one of the big things. It's like you're going to kick that stationary bag until you know how to hook your leg around. Or you're going to just throw nothing but jabs for an hour until the jab becomes second nature. You never have to think about it. Wax off. Yeah. And then once you learn the fundamentals, you can break some of the fundamentals to Mm -hmm. do more advanced things. Like, for example, in the writing world... Any class you ever take is going to discourage fragmented sentences mm-hmm. until you get to higher level writing courses. And then it's all about when to fragment the sentence to create a rhythm in the writing. Yeah. But you can do essay writing, which are long, boring, long you know, <laughs> sentences. And, or uh, they tell you to do like flowery details, so like you flower everything up, and you need to know like when to pull the adjectives to leave the reader in the blind, and when to give them a sensory overload. You need to know when you can just put one word instead of fifteen to explain a feeling by just pointing out a detail. Like fragments are one of my favorite things to dick around with <laughs> starting sentences with a conjunction I, I love that ending them on a preposition big fan but you always have to go back to the fundamentals to realize why you're breaking the rule yeah. like what kind of mood you're trying you know you don't want to do the whole thing in fragmenting sentences but if you're trying to create a sense of anxiety you have to be able to shatter the standard way of writing. You need to write it in a way that makes the reader uncomfortable. I read a whole thing on uh, Writer's Digest this week about uh, writing for breathing pace. 
so putting in a semicolon or a dash or a period or a comma to hyperventilate your reader so that if you can cause the hyperventilation it causes the reader to panic it draws them closer into the story hmm. like it was a really interesting breakdown i wish i'd written down the authors and the title of the writer's digest thing, but it was like through comma placement and semicolon placement he's able to change the way that you breathe because even if you're reading it you know in your head to yourself you're still breathing on cue with those uh, grammar things yeah and then you brought up the the color theory chart well um color theory is just a small uh segment of like what all is involved yeah. in filmmaking well, it's, it's a fundamental that the yeah, di- dipshit sure. didn't know anything about <laughs> oh, uh, he he shared my film theory in general which was talking about sound and color and mm-hmm. angles and all of that but yeah um i'm a little buzzed so i'm probably gonna butcher this quote i can tell because like the ac went out and you were just staring at me and your head kept going to the side (laughs) my mom makes fun of me for that she was like anytime you're like talking to somebody or like thanking somebody or happy about something she's like you're like a dog you tilt your head to the side like all of my graduation when you're drinking it happens gradually it's (laughs) like it gets closer (laughs) like all of my graduation photos when i'm like on the stage accepting my diploma just like hi thank you (laughs) you get excited your head goes to 45 degrees you see it's another thing we got i I was a dog in another life i guess because i do the head tilt thing all the time but, um, no, uh, yeah, no, all of that stuff is super important for sure to the total concept of, uh, filmmaking, but there's a quote that I'm going to butcher that's very popular where, um, you know, someone who studies everything is a master of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think specifically for filmmaking in particular, cause there's so much to it that you have to have an intense knowledge of everything well, but the I think, job for filmmaking is broken up amongst a bunch yeah, of different like a, people a, too a, a gaffer you have a base understanding of what a gaffer does but you might not know all the intricate details yeah. of an experienced gaffer like a gaffer yeah. probably next to never you what know. does a gaffer do uh the gaffer is the head of the lighting department okay cool i thought it was a sound person yeah. so <laughs> gaffer for the, the non-filmmakers <laughs> out there i had to clear it up <laughs> the gaffer is the head of the lighting department and so like a gaffer you know probably pretty much never touches the camera but a dp needs to know like a basic a understanding director of photography it's not yeah. double penetration no. <laughs> yeah it's a director of photography uh the dp needs to you know have an understanding of lighting so that they can you know kind of direct the gaffer and what they need a director needs to have kind of an understanding yeah. of cinematography so that they understand you know how the shots need to look and stuff like that so i do think it's important to have a basic understanding of all of the concepts like um film theory in general like your angles the way color affects the mood like the way lighting affects the mood and all of that stuff like that i don't think you specifically need to master all of those crafts like if you specifically want to work in lighting put your focus there i like learning so i own books on all of them i own a book specifically about my favorite things about you is what i love about you (laughs) because i also read lots of books and Oh, I love you. I love you. <laughs> but yeah, I own a, a book about lighting. I own a book about uh, color correction. I own like books about all of these stuff. And actually, I wish I'd had it written down in front of me. I've since packed up all of my books. So if I go look at my 
Amazon history. I can hook you guys up with this information later, but I own a book that's actually about that. It's a, they teach you like all of the basic rules and then they tell you after they tell you why that rule exists, like why you can intentionally break it and how you can be purposeful about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, film is very much the same. Like if you understand the basic concept of all of these things, even if you're not like I lighting is not my forte. It's very important to cinematography, but it's just not like I don't have a natural knack for lighting for whatever yeah. reason. And um, like I have a basic understanding of it so I can kind of maneuver in like when I need to follow the rules and when I can break the rules and how that affects everything. So it is like doing one thing kind of wrong on purpose can create an unease you know, or an ease, you know? <laughs> you know, like softening one character in a room or, you know, really harshing everybody else and leaving one person natural. Or I can see benefits to that. Yeah. With lighting. Yeah. And well, I mean, all, all aspects of film, like you like the 45 degree and that's specifically meant to like make people uncomfortable, but, uh, the Trump angle. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I didn't, because like I'm, I, I say I'm not egotistical, and I promise I only do it to make sure that we didn't it say anything. It was a anything, funny joke. That we didn't say anything too fucking insane. But uh, I, I re-listened to all of these. <laughs> hey, Brett, in the future, probably drunk in the kitchen, walking around cooking dinner. Hey. <laughs> Do you love that Brett too? I love all Brett. Okay, cool. All versions of not Brett. All, are my not favorite. all versions of Brett. Not a big fan of yelling at my Bluetooth speaker, Brett. <laughs> no, Ben Shapiro, you're wrong. <laughs> oh, I love all versions of Brett. <laughs> But no, it's important to know the fundamentals and when to break those rules. I, I, I wish that, and there might be, you know, like if you guys know, um, like a, a book like that for writing, I'd, I'd love to read it, you know. It's accepted that you're allowed to break rules, but like you can't write a whole book in lowercase or all caps without telling anybody. <laughs> Do you like, that's a, a thing I've wondered before. Do you like reading books that like talk about like how to do writing? Yeah, I love them. Cause like on writing is one of my favorite books. That, that's not, that doesn't read as a book. That's like, I'm trying to tell you what to do. That reads like a book. That's like, this has been my experience in life. Well, because King's brilliant. Yeah. No King yeah, is so brilliant. So he's able to weave in the toolbox, you know, directive. I've got Orwell's, um, it's a book of essays. Again, all of mine are also in boxes. Um, but it's uh, called Why I Write, and that one's brilliant. And it's five or six essays that he did that are all about the the craft. I've got, you know, a bunch of books about writing. Yeah, I've uh, like seen... I've got a dummies for screenwriters because <laughs> I didn't true. know what I was doing. And I, my I class have a, wasn't moving fast enough. So. I have a dummies for 
I think my camera that I own. I think that's the only dummies mm -hmm. book I have. But yeah, I was like, somebody make this stupid for me because I need to know how to use this camera. I've got a dummies for becoming an FBI agent because at one point I thought I was going to become an FBI agent. Now I hate the government. <laughs> I'm going to go grab it. <laughs> that might help if you're ever writing about an FBI agent. Well, I mean, I think I'm covered on anything true crime because true. I've got uh, probably 50 books. <laughs> that is true. About the FBI. But no, I've, I've wondered that before because I've put, um, like, books in my, like, I have, like, little lists on Amazon for shit I want to buy, but I'm not buying right now. I've put, like, books about yeah. writing in my list before for, like, potential gifts for you. And, like, I don't know if it's more beneficial to read just books in general by accomplished authors so you can kind of see how they do it or if books that are like, hey, this is how you do this are actually beneficial to writers. Like, I didn't know... If those came across like they were treating you like you were stupid, or well, if those it, actually were helpful. It has to be a writer that I respect, I think, for me to enjoy a book mm -hmm. like that. Uh, you find a lot of writers who write nothing but how to write books who've never like written a good Which I don't, book. I don't know who the author... I, I can listen to Stephen King tell me how to write because he wrote Carrie and Pet Cemetery and... Uh, the Shining and The Stand. And I can listen to Chuck Palahniuk tell me how to write because he wrote Fight Club and Survivor and I've got a tattoo from that <laughs> one and Choke. Um, but you've come across a lot of people who write these how to write books because they're college professors who self-published 15 years ago. Yeah. And they're like, well, I'm going to bring my, all my understanding. It's like, no, if I'm reading a book about filmmaking, I want it to be written by Quentin Tarantino. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's a book, I don't know who the author is, I don't know, you know, what all they've done, but there's a book called, like, Save the Cat, that's, like, a popular writing book for, like, huh. I think, screenwriting. It tells you how to, like, write scripts and, like, how to, like, I think, build tension and stuff. I don't know why it's called Save the Cat, I've never read it, but... It's like a highly like praised book, and it's one I've thought about buying for you before. But I'm like, I feel like he's gonna think I'm treating him like he's stupid. <laughs> no, no, I love educational books. I read all the time about that type of stuff. I read a, a, a wide range of things, but no, it would, for writing books, it would have to be like if Cormac McCarthy ever wrote a book about writing, which ties back into breaking rules. That motherfucker never used a quotation mark in his life. And, <laughs> You never knew who was speaking. You either fell into the flow of the book or you didn't. It, it, I feel like that would drive me crazy. It though. does the first book. But if I give you No Country for Old Men, which I swear to God is in my top three. Like, I, my, my, my book list is fluctuating. My movie list is fluctuating. Do you have a number one? But if I was Survivor is my forever mm. number one because I've got a tattoo on my arm. So when I tattoo another one, we'll figure it out. <laughs> then you uh, do it out. Yeah, but I've read Survivor more than I've read anything. I think I've probably read it once a year since I was a kid. So <laughs> it's like my Ebenezer Scrooge tale. Um, but No Country for Old Men is one of my favorite books I've ever read. I've read it probably second to Survivor. So maybe number two. Um, and I've watched that movie probably 15 times. I can do the whole coin flip scene <laughs> to you right now. I'm not going to. <laughs> but down to like when the bell jingles and he walks in, I can do... It was an incredibly well done film too. No Country is 
one of the craziest books ever. And then the story, like if you sit there and you read the book and then you watch the movie, like it, it's damn near word for word. That had to be the screenplay. The Coen brothers just took the book and said, this is a screenplay, add some quotation marks and let's get on this motherfucker. You actually don't put quotation marks in screenplays. Yeah, and Cormac's only given one interview. Really? He's got one interview with Oprah fucking Winfrey, and that's it. Hmm. The dude does not talk to anybody. He doesn't want to meet anybody. I think he answers fan mail. That you have to like physically send him a letter. Write him. Yeah, like that's all he does. Like he's like in his eighties. He's one of the greatest writers of our time, and he refuses to like sit down and talk to anybody. He's like, no, I I'm an isolated person. That's why I do this. I don't <laughs> give a shit. You guys have this internet revolution. I made myself in the seventies. Don't care. <laughs> made enough money in nineteen seventy four to not talk to you fucking people. <laughs> I should read one Blood of his Meridian, books. Uh, Child of God. Like, it, it, they're crazy interesting. He's got the Texas series, and then he's got the Appalachian series, and they're all just set in these different regions, and he writes like the people in those regions speak and there's no quotation marks there's hardly any commas like so when he uses a comma you're like he put that comma there for a reason yeah (laughs) which i feel like that's relevant to what we've been talking about today like people acting like you know they're an authority when really they're not whether it's you know they haven't like had enough like practice at their craft or whatever like with that specifically like writers I feel like in general it's very obvious when they're well versed in the topic like movies you know it matters too but I feel like you can kind of fudge it a little bit because people aren't necessarily analyzing that so much as the film as a whole but like the book you're literally just reading what's written there there. it's just you and the writer and so when you have writers that like write stuff about specifically like specific groups of people whether it's you know ethnicities or like regions of the world or whatever and like the whole book is written like someone would actually talk in that area or like if it's a time period piece the way people talked and acted like back then like you can tell when someone's like invested the time and energy to do like the research and it makes a massive difference like i've read there's a way that people speak in appalachia and there's a way that people speak in texas in 1860 Mm -hmm. And he was able to do both. <laughs> yeah, for like one of my um, English courses, I can't remember the name of it offhand, but um, it was like studying like older literature. Um, we did like a whole section that semester that was on like um, slave literature. So you'd have like all these books yeah, where it was like slaves, you know, talking and like the slave owners and stuff like that. And it was like, I feel like I'm literally there. <laughs> yeah, Frederick Douglass was a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, I wasn't even alive when any of that happened, but, like... Douglas's narrative blew me the fuck away. Like, if they would have handed me that book in the eighth grade and been like, you know, here's slavery, I would have shit my pants and been like, well, well, now I understand. (laughs) There's, like, a, a massive difference between artists like that that, like, put in the actual care to their craft versus someone who's like, I'm gonna sit down and do the thing today. No, you're not. Like, like that was a... He bought words. 
He had to pay little white kids to teach him words. Yeah. And it's still one of the greatest things I've ever read like, from that, that time period. Like, holy fuck. And then I've got a whole bunch of those that I complain about as well, but I'm not going to do that here. Frederick Douglass was a bastard with a pen. It's just that he could throw some shit together. Uh, Pride and Prejudice, I don't care about it. <laughs> Great Gatsby, don't need it anymore. We have the Leonardo Jesus. DiCaprio movie. That bass, though. That registered on the fucking computer. That was loud. That blew out our goddamn levels. No, uh, I think DiCaprio's film, The Great Gatsby, is uh, better than The Great Gatsby. <laughs> it's got hip-hop music. I don't know what to tell you. The Lion Soldier. King is, yeah, The Lion King's better than Hamlet. <laughs> um, Sons of Anarchy is better than Hamlet. Almost everything's better than Hamlet. It was good Lion to like, get the rough draft out there. But, like, <laughs> but yeah, this is how our day goes. We're shopping at the store this morning and Brett goes into a tangent about the Lion King versus Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need it. Learned that lesson when I was five years old. Turns out didn't need to learn it again when I was 25 years old. Didn't give a fuck. The work never stops. <laughs> Let me guess. Let me guess. His uncle killed his dad and now he's seeing a spectral version of his dad who's telling him that his uncle killed him and his mother is now involved with the uncle and so now you gotta go kill the uncle. <laughs> is that what happens in The Lion King or is that what happens in Hamlet? <laughs> or Sons of Anarchy. Jax Teller finds a box that contains a journal, has his dead dad's journal passages, lets him know that Clay killed his father to marry his mom. Oh my god, and now we gotta go kill Clay. And Spoiler it's just alert, Hamlet I with seen machine it. guns. It's just Hamlet. <laughs> you wanna know what happens at the end of Hamlet? Everybody dies. You wanna know what happens at the end of Sons of Anarchy? Everybody dies. You wanna know what happens at the end of the fucking Lion King? Everybody dies. That's not true. Scar's the only one who dies. I mean, if you play it out another week and a half. Everybody died, and then Scar died, and then they replenished it but like everybody died there for a while and scar was in charge uh the other animals not the lion pride the lion pride was starving though yeah because they had eaten out you can't kill the main character for a five-year-old but (laughs) shakespeare was the one that was but you can fuck your own sister you can do that because uh there was shakespeare time sons of anarchy and <laughs> there were only two lions in the entire pride, and uh, Nala was not Scar's daughter. So, there's that. Can't give transgenders their bathroom, but I'll be goddamned if conservative America is not all about some Lion King incest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting hungry. We should wrap this up. We're making beef balls. I'm getting drunk, so it's <laughs> yeah, probably am, not, a good, am, not a bad idea. I am too, but I'm hungry for Korean beef balls. All right. Well, let me make sure we didn't have anything pertinent that we needed to talk about. Um, my only other thing that I've got on the list is we watched Love, Death, and Robots again yesterday. Oh, my and God. And Zima Blue may be my favorite episode so far. That Blew was, my mind. Literally. Blew my mind. 
Zima blew the shit out of my mind. Like it's, it's, it took me a second to adjust to it because the animation style is very unique. Yeah, but that twist at the end is just like, holy well, shit. Well, the whole thing, there's like a whole section right before the tell end where it's like so trippy. It's like philosophical and like, go check out Love, Death, and Robots if you've not done that. They're very short. You can do them with your partner. They've signed on for a season two, so there's going to be more. I can't even fucking wrap my head around it. If you're working on Love, Death, Robots, I'd fucking like, no. I will yeah, send if, you scripts. If you um, <laughs> don't know what Love, Death, and Robots is, it's the the very last one we watched last night had some actual it's live like action. animated Twilight Zone. Yeah, like the last one we watched last night had a little bit of live action mixed in with it, but for the most part, it's just a whole bunch of little short films that are animated by whole different teams. Yeah, I'm assuming hundreds of different animators. Like, they're all completely different. And, like, totally different styles, like, different storylines. Like, incredible. You get, like, 20 mini-movies. Like, and they're it's all amazing. about love, death, and robots. <laughs> <laughs> the little intro sequence is really cool. They do, like, this little, like, almost like a slot machine thing where you get three symbols, and the three symbols kind of tell you what the story's gonna yeah. be about. Some Super of them cool. are five minutes, some of them are 25 minutes. Like, you... you it, it, it's a grab bag. It's brilliant. But um, I guess I'm going to let you guys go this week. I'm uh, going to do some more packing. We're going to make some Korean beef bowls in this yeah. bitch. Going to get drunker. Going to get drunker for sure because I got a whole other eight beers in the refrigerator. It's, I'm done with this 40 ounce. And I'm going to probably piss off Kristen with some to, to rap music, cooking <laughs> Korean food. But. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> She's got on her snuggle shirt. I so do. we're going to watch The Office or uh, Two Star if they've got anything good. Mm. If they have anything good. Or maybe just some more Love Death Robots. Or might just sit here and listen to an old Robin Williams special and get drunk. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out. Living dangerously. You could write us an email and you could tell us what you guys do to have fun with your significant other at nightmareboxproductions at gmail.com or you can shoot us in less than 140 characters over on twitter at nightmareboxpro or you could take a picture of you and your significant other having a lot of fun not in that way you dirty bastards at instagram on uh nightmareboxproductions uh and you can buy the book if you like flip over there to the website at the Nightmare Box Stop Plug. Most importantly, send us an email. We already did the email. Yeah, we did. Fuck! We Which did one did I miss? Uh, Facebook. Facebook. And your YouTube. Um, yeah, like, comment on our shit, man. Just Come on the me, Facebook. Give yeah. me some likes. We got like 40 people this week on the Facebook page. Welcome to the goddamn world. Like, <laughs> I hope you guys are impressed. I hope you did not start on Tuesday because Jesus Christ I went weird <laughs> that's uh, facebook.com slash nightmareboxproductions and the other one YouTube uh, Kristen's YouTube where you can go watch the dolls which if you go to the website you can find the direct link to uh, youtube.com slash Kristen Pennington share it with your friends share it with your family Share it with a disheveled homeless person who has rate a, and review us. Yeah, I, 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 I don't care what you review us. If you review us sad, just 
make it a funny comment. If I get a two star and it makes me giggle, I'll feel a lot less guilty about the two star. If you star. wanna write a review and literally the only thing you put in the review is Shakespeare quotes, that'll make Brett's day. Yeah, and I'll send you a book. <laughs> Probably send you one of my Shakespeare books because <laughs> I don't, don't want them those. anymore. So, I love you. I love you. And I love you guys. And I'll talk to you again on Tuesday.